Father, we come to you today through the blood of Jesus. And we come, Lord, and we, we thank you for what you've done in our life. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that walks with us and your word which helps us to know you and to understand you. We thank you for teaching us how to trust you, how to know you and how to worship you and how to love you and allow you to love us. Father, we thank you today and we just invite you now, Holy Spirit, if you wish to come and speak to us, Father, we just make time now for you to speak. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. It was great. I really enjoyed it. And 
and uh, I didn't get to everybody because the the singing started. But um, I'm just remembering the importance of this community service. equal access to Jesus. It doesn't matter what our status of life is, what we do, how much money we have, how well off we are, how many friends we have. We have equal access. burdens and so we share one with another. Thank you, Lord. God is speaking. And Father, we, we receive your gentleness this morning. We need that gentleness. I pray, Father, in this time of so much disruption, that, Father, community would be, that we would be in community with each other. And thank you, Father, that there is no superstars in the faith, that we all have equal access, that, Father, we are all loved equally and we are all your favorites. Father, we thank you for that today. Thank you. Amen. Anything else before we continue? I could tell Jerry something was something was clicking. be tempted to go it alone. Do not be tempted to go and lick your wounds in this world that persecutes you and prosecutes you. But instead, contend, contend with the Spirit of the living God and He will give you your answers. I am here 
at the right hand of the Father making intercession for you daily. I would be here as I am in you, but I am bodily at the right hand of the Father making intercession. Go into your closet and bring me your troubles to me, for I am the Lord your God. And I have made it, I made it so that you you may be able to come to me with your needs and with your fears. Do not be tempted to hide in the corner, for I have made you victorious. Know this this day, if any is sick among you, go, call the elders. Call your friends, call your brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. This is how I'm building my church. This is how I'm preparing my bride. Thank you, Lord. Don't look back. You can't look back. You know, nothing there. Yeah, like the scripture that says we've been cleansed, justified, and sanctified by the blood of Jesus Christ. said I look forward I don't look backwards I look forward realizing there's a, a lot of stuff back there but looking forward to what it is we're aiming towards what we're going towards you know so well this morning Tony is uh, speaking and uh, um, excited to let him get up here and get going make sure we can figure out how to turn that mic on Merci. Oh, there you are. Okay, go ahead, Tony. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. There's no name under heaven given whereby men can be saved. It is a name that is above every name. It is the name that brings peace. It is the name that brings salvation. It is the name that we can call upon in our deepest and darkest hours. He is the Lord our God. Great and mighty is his name. There is no name greater in all the world. A name that you and I can even just whisper and we he will hear us. He is a God that's around 24-7. There are those only available to us at certain times, whatever, but God is available always. His ear is always attuned to the cries of his children. He is the Lord our God. And great and mighty is his name. Today is the first Sunday of Advent, and it's about hope. And it's interesting because about two weeks ago, as I'm walking along, talking to God, complaining sometimes, but talking nonetheless, Asking, what is it that we need to re be reminded of? And the word hope came to me. Now, I knew nothing about the first Sunday of Advent at that point, but I knew 
that what I heard from God was a word that somebody needed to hear. Maybe I need to hear it. But it is a word nonetheless, and I need my glasses. There is hope for the past, the present, and the future. It's been said that a man can live about 40 days without food, three days without water, eight minutes without air, but one minute without hope. There's no question that you and I live in very turbulent times. Change, disorder, confusion appears to reign daily. We have all kinds of natural disasters, and Canada has been experiencing some of the worst storms in may perhaps ever. COVID protocols change on a daily basis. The virus keeps mutating, and only this week we heard of a new one, and people began to fear. And you know, Things change because research changes, and these things that are happening, we have not known. The research has not been done. God is the greatest source we have. He knows it all. Some of the issues that you and I are familiar with have grown tremendously over the last two years. Food security has become a big issue. Housing, poverty, we face increased distrust. There's been an increase in anxiety and depression as a result of social isolation. A lot of paranoia and fear. And a lot of people are without hope. And where is our hope in a time like this? My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ's blood and righteousness. He is our hope. And this talk this morning will mean nothing to you if you have not come in contact with the author of hope. Those of us who have accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior have hope. Those without Christ are hopeless. And hopeless is an emotion in which I have no hope. Everything is crumbling. Nothing seems. I have no optimism. I have no passion. I have no expectation of future or success. And one of the worst things about hopelessness, it is a key trigger in suicide. People come to the point where I have no hope. What is, what is the reason to be alive? I want out. But there is hope. There's hope for you, and there's hope for me. When people talk about hope in our culture, they're referring to a vague feeling of hopefulness. As children, we hoped and we believed Santa would come. And maybe there were cases where it was pretty slim. If you lived in my household, but he came in some form. And every year the expectation and the hope was Santa's coming and we believed he would until a certain age. 
we believe that uh, many things, hope and belief come together. There's an intersection of hope and belief. I hope it will be sunny tomorrow. The chances are it will rain right now, but uh, we, we have that kind of hope. Or I hope I'll have a parking place right near where I'm going. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. There's no guarantee. In our spiritual realm, hope is guaranteed. It is a thing, a sure thing. It is certain. There is no question, but do we believe? Do we really believe? We can be assured that what God has said will certainly be done. You and I, who are Christians, have a hope for the past, a hope for the present, and a hope for the future. Romans 15 and 13 says, May God, uh, the, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is the author of our hope. Without him, there is little hope. Uh, God gives us a hope that does not disappoint or put us to shame. There is no shame in Christ. Christ came to take care of our shame and our guilt and to take replace that with hope for today and for tomorrow. The beauty is hope for our past forgiven. That is key. The lie of the enemy is to keep bringing up our past because God does not wipe out our memory bank. The scars are still there. Memories are still there. But God has forgiven them. And he has made provision. All, the Bible says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We're all alike. We were born in sin and iniquity. God knew that, and he knew, did, knew there would need to be a source of redemption. And he made the redemption through Christ. That babe that he sent, was the source of you and I having hope for our past, our present, and our future. I know what it's like for the enemy to keep bringing up my past. I also know it is not a part of my present or my future. I have to believe what God has said. I have to trust him that what he said was true. I can recall, as you can probably recall, the very day that I accepted Christ. There was something that changed. I can remember getting up off of my knees and everything was different. 
I felt lighter. I was only nine or ten years of age, but I was lighter. I felt different. The sky was bluer. The grass was greener. And I loved everybody, even the ones that I had reason I should hate. I was changed. Regardless of what happened and the scars that I bear, they have been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ and they have no place in my presence. The enemy will use it and bring it forward. Then I have to say, Lord, you looked after it. It is not me. I am redeemed. I am in the clothes of righteousness. I am your child. You covered it. Enemy, flee. You have no place and no right. I'm a child of the king. We're all royalty. The blood of Jesus Christ has been a part of us. We've been grafted into the family of God. We are mighty. We are special. We are the apple of his eye. And there's days I can't believe it, but I am, and you are too. He is the forgiver of the past. Philippians 3 and 13 says, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining what is ahead. There are scriptures that are not in the system. And that's what Pastor quoted earlier. The past can be a stumbling block. It can be, but it has been looked after. In Psalm 103 and 11, we are promised, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those of us who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, he has removed our transgressions from us. We cannot reach the east and the west standing here. We can only reach towards it. But that's what he did with our sins and our transgressions. He said they're gone to be remembered against us no more. No more. 1 John 1 and 9 says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Do we believe it? Can we accept it? Hebrews said, 8 and 12 said, For I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. And you think of poor Israel. God was so patient, so loving, so gentle with Israel. He, lead, uh, he led them through the Red Sea, and it wasn't long before they were building an idol. How quickly we forget what God has done. Isaiah 43 and 25 says, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. And remember your sins no more. No more. And the beauty of Christ is the past is gone, the present is here, and we have a future. Do not, my one 
thing to get about a pass is so not allow the enemy that playground. He loves to get us in those vulnerable areas of our past. Let us remember our past is under the blood of Jesus Christ. We are new creatures, and it's not held against us anymore. We are a blessed people. You will notice a lot of what I'm saying you've already known. The scriptures are all very familiar, but sometimes we need a reminder of what God has done and what he's doing. So what about today? What is my hope for today? My sins are forgiven. My sins of yesterday are forgiven. And can I have hope for today that God is present and with us now? Indeed, I can, because he said he would be with us. Can you think of anything worse than Christ when he was on the cross and he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He will never have to say that. We may say it, but we don't have a reason to really, because Christ is always there. Whether I feel him or not, he is there. The night can be dark, but he's there. Some of us have been in dark holes, black as midnight, but he's been there. Even though we didn't feel him, he somehow protected us from ourselves. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He told us he remember our sins no more. Yesterday, past, that's my, that's covered, that's gone. I live today. Chances are I'll make a few boo-boos, maybe even do a sin, but it will be covered. That is the promise I have for today. That is my hope. That is my belief. Today, he's still there. The same blood that cleansed me yesterday and all the years before are still available to me today. I can hope in that. He promised to fight for us, didn't he not? He promised to pick us up if we stumbled. He said, I'll be your strength and your weakness. And there are many times we feel weak, but he's supernaturally come by his Holy Spirit and allow us to do what we think is impossible. When we're stumbling, he doesn't throw us aside. He comes on side. Some of us, and maybe all of us, have felt the hand of Christ just sort of take our hand or embrace us or pick us up and rock us in his rocking chair. There are many ways that God can reveal himself to us in our presence. Faithful is he. He knows we are flesh. He knows every weakness. He knows every thought. And he knows he created us. Did he not? And did he not say, I knew you before you were b born? I knew you in the womb. 
He knew our path that would be trod. He knew every thought we'd have long before we entered the stage of life. Knowing all that, he still called us to himself. And he said, I am with you always until the end of the age. When he commissioned his disciples, and you know those disciples, they were pretty, uh, not much better than some of us, fishermen. Some of them didn't have many, much education. We don't know all about their lives, but in God's eyes, he saw what they could be. What they could be. And he called them. And he said to them, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. That's where he was quoting. You and I can be assured today that no matter what we face, we're not going to face it alone. Nothing will separate us from the love of Christ. In Romans 8, 38 to 39, it says, and this is very familiar to us all, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels or demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, not anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. God's love is not fickle. Human love is fickle. It can ebb and flow. God's love doesn't ebb or flow. Love in the human can be predict, depend upon how we act, how we react, all of these various things that can impact love. No matter what you and I do, he still loves us. He still embraces us. We're still precious in his sight. We are the jewels for his crown. Regardless, his blood is greater than all our sin and all our mistakes, and we can rely on that as our present hope. All because of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lastly, we have a future, a hope. You know, if we could believe Jesus was born of a virgin, that's a big, that's a big leap. But it wasn't. When God called us, it became very simple. If we can believe that same man grew, died on a cross, went into the grave, rose again, and gave us the Holy Spirit. If we can believe all that, our hope is solid. It is solid because it's built on that. You and I do have a hope for the future. We have a hope for tomorrow, and we hope we have a hope for the day when we leave this planet. Our hope is secure. God is working all things together for our good in this life and in the life to come. Remember where he said, it's quoted often in, the, in funeral services, I go to prepare a mansion 
And if it were not so, I would have told you. He loved us that much. He loved us that much. He wants us with him. That is why he created to have men have fellowship with human beings. Before we knew Jesus, you and I were slaves to fear of death. But Jesus took care of that. He took the sting out of it. It has been given over to victory. Death is really taking me as a pilgrim in a foreign land to home. I'm looking forward to home. I feel closer to it, of course I am, than I was yesterday even. And I look forward to that day. Death is no, there's no fear in me about death because I'm looking forward to seeing face to face the one who died for me. He is my hope and my belief. I will see him. He has promised every eye will behold, every knee shall bow, and every tongue confess that he is Lord. Hallelujah to the King of kings and Lord of lords. We, you and I, will be in the throng to praise and want praise him eternally. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see, when I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. I have hope. You have hope. That is our hope. This world is not a pleasant place by times, but where we're going is pleasant and beautiful, and it is we will not have any fear. There will be no horror. There will be no terror. There will be no tears. There will be no grief. All will be wiped away, and we will be in Father's house. Jesus said, he who lives and believes in me will never die. There is the physical death, but we don't die spiritually, and we're not separated forever from God if we believe in him and confess our sins. Death has lost its sting, given over to victory. Jesus won it for us. He paid the price. When everyone around us seems crippled by fear of death, we can be sure and ab have an abiding hope that death for us is gain. Can you use your imagination? We, we read Revelation and how beautiful it is. And I don't know what the imagery is, and I don't understand all that. I just know it's going to be a wonderful place. And that this, the sun of heaven will shine so bright. And I will have peace. And I will see my Savior. And that's the greatest hope you and I can have. In 1 Corinthians 15, 50 through 57, and I'm on a wind-up here. I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, 
I tell you a mystery. We will not sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with imperishable, and the mortal become immortal. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. We're on the winning side, folks. We are winners. There is no losers in Christ's camp. The only losers are those who don't enter into what God has provided. Oh, where, oh, death is your victory. Where, oh, death is your sting. The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is law. But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We're victors. In spite of being human, we are victors. Revelation 21 and 4, a very familiar piece of scripture. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the heaven, first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling, pla dwelling place is now among his people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things have passed away. That is our hope for tomorrow. That is our hope for the future. When everything else is <laughs> seems to be crumbling and falling away, that is our promise from God. And in conclusion, I just want to read a couple of verses out of a couple of hymns. And one of them I, we referred to earlier. When darkness veils his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. His oath, his covenant, his blood supports me in the whelming flood. When all around my soul gives way, he is then my hope and stay. When he shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in him be found, dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. And then there's another hymn that says, In Christ alone. In Christ alone my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. Firm through the fiercest drought and storm, what heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are stilled, when strivings cease. My comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand. 
There in the ground his body lay, light of the world by darkness slain. Then bursting forth in glorious day, up from the grave he arose again. And as he stands in victory, sin's curse has lost its grip on me. For I am his and he is mine, bought with the precious blood of Christ. No guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand till he returns or calls me home. Here in the power of Christ, I'll stand. Folks, we are a blessed people. We have been given all the best of heaven. You know, there are days my heart is very heavy for those who are blinded to what Christ has provided. I look at my children who once knew the way. I look at friends. I look at my, the people that I worked with. And I say, so blind, so blind. We are blessed. We have hope for the past. It's gone, folks. The enemy will use it, but it's gone. And you just face. <laughs> covered by the blood, covered by the blood. In the past to remember against me no more. And today I can say, he is with me. Regardless of what I feel, he is still with me. He will help me through this day, and he will help me through my tomorrows. He is my hope for today. And he is my hope when I come to the end of this life. And the beauty of it is I will see him face to face, as will you. Hold on to the hope. Christmas time is not always a, hap a good time for many of us. And we have to keep focused on what Christmas is all about. It's all about Christ. And we have to remember that. Our hope will sustain us through this season and the seasons to come. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the promises of your word. You are a good God. You have provided all that we need. And we are thankful today that you are our hope for the past, our present, and for our future. And we thank you, Father, for your provision. In Jesus' name, amen. I think that's as clear as it's going to get. I just don't think it's going to get any clearer than that. Thank you, Tony. And I just want to ask, let's take a moment here, if there's anyone in this place who has not come to a point in their life where they have said, I need what Tony talked about today, that I need what the scriptures offer me today, that I need what Jesus died to give me today. 
that if you have never had a chance to say, Jesus, forgive my sins, if you've never had a chance to say, Father, come into my life, if you've never had a chance to feel and, and experience the hope of knowing that your life is different, today is the day that God wants you to say yes. Today is the day that God wants you to invite him in and to change your life and to bring it into something that you want it to be and God died so it could be. Father, I ask this day, if anybody wants that in their heart, that they would just have this prayer and say this prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, I ask that you come into my life. I ask that you, Lord, would come and give me everything that Jesus died for me to have. I need you, I want you, and I invite you to come into my life. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I want to thank you, Anne, for your thing about community. I've learned a very important lesson this week about community, a uh, very expensive lesson about community. And we need to take care of each other. We need to be on the phone with each other. We need to be asking and seeing what it is that's going on in each other's lives. Take care of each other. We have very challenging times coming. Uh, you don't have to be a prophet to say that. We, we just know we do. Take care of each other. You know? If someone comes to your mind, give them a call. Do Send them an email. Do something. Um, because... It, it may mean, you may say, well, it doesn't really mean anything. You'd be surprised what it means. And so take care of each other and love each other and believe that this church has a purpose and that you being in it has purpose and that it has a future and that God is with you and he's with this church. So... Father, we're going to take up an offering now. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity to give back. We thank you for everything that you have done in our lives and that you are doing. And uh, we give in a spirit of thanks, worship, and realize that you will take care of all our needs in Christ Jesus. Amen. Tony, about, about you being eight or ten years old or whatever when you received Christ. Uh, I think some people don't even realize, you know, or maybe they do realize and there's embarrassment and they don't want to, uh, they don't want people to think they're not saved or whatever. I, I'll tell you something that happened to me. From the time I was maybe 13 or 14 years old, I watched, you know, uh, Oral Roberts and This is the Life and Billy Graham and all those, and with every one of them, I said the sinner's prayer but I was never saved because it was all hid knowledge. It, was, it did not drop to the heart. And, you know, the next day I was exactly the same. Two hours later I was exactly the same. But it's when the big crunch hit me when I was 33 years old. And I really, and, you know, up to that point, I had been going to church every Sunday, Sunday 
morning, Sunday night, going to prayer meetings, going to everything. I was at one particular prayer meeting, and the ladies were talking about when they got saved. And one of the ladies, Libby McDonald, said to me, when did you get saved, dear? I sat there, and I said, I don't know if I ever did. And her husband, uh, he said, oh, you're saved. You just grew into it. You're saved. But boy, I'll tell you, when the big crunch hit me, and I really needed God, when I was 33 years old, I knew I wasn't saved. And I can tell you now, it was at 10 to 8 on the morning of November the 1st, 1978, I hit the floor on my knees, and that's when I got saved. And I knew from that minute on that I was saved. And I'm, say I'm just saying this so that if there's anybody here who's trying to fool yourself, or e some people here have told me. You've told me. I don't, I, you know, I, I think I just grew into it. I don't remember a time that I got saved. You do. You know. Things change. Your life changes. Please, if you haven't, go for it. I mean, <laughs> Tony said it this morning. Thank you. Thank you, Verna. Her books will be at the back of the room. That was great. It really is. Uh, there's so much truth in what you're saying. Um, that's why at Billy Graham and all these other places, you can see people who have been with the Lord for many, many years and will come and actually have that experience of rebirth, that heart experience of rebirth. And that's what we're all after, you know, that deeper heart experience with God. Well, anything else? Jerry? Oh. Doreen? Hi, Doreen. It's good to see you. Oh, really? She looks a lot younger. That's a compliment for you, Doreen, not so much for Jerry. No, that's fine. Even though you still have hair like Elvis. Well, well, we'll close. Father, I thank you for this day. And Lord, we don't know what the future holds. We don't know where our lives are going, but we know that you're going with us. And in the mystery that is our faith and your salvation and your divine plan, Father, we walk with faith in Jesus' name. Amen.